Hello, friends. I'm Brian Peart, and I want to welcome you to the Great Awareness Podcast, a podcast focused on helping Christians make sense of this world we are in. The goal is to encourage, but never at the expense of truth. We will take the truth found in Scripture and apply it to the real spiritual battles going on today. We will ignore preconceived beliefs, news media noise, and politicians' words, and look at actions, what is really going on. Then use the truth of Scripture to accurately discern the times and how we need to respond. Jesus said in John 8.32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that is what we are going to attempt to do with each podcast. Get to the truth so we can live as we've been called. The title for today's podcast is Friends. That's right. It's the play off the famous TV show Friends. You know, Joey, Ross, Rachel, um, the whole gang. But really, we're going to be talking about sex. Um, The idea for today's podcast started when my 16-year-old son was watching an episode of Friends rerun. Um, I sat down and, and I was just kind of stunned at how prevalent the sex was. Uh, um, I mean, I used to watch the show in the nineties and I don't remember it being the way it is. I mean, there was one episode where they had got free porn and they were watching porn for 24 hours. Joey and Chandler just, that was, that was the episode revolved around that. And they would often just sleep together to, de- to determine if they were even worth dating um, and going on additional dates with the person. So uh, my son actually, when he started, when I was there, started saying, you know, dad, uh, I feel weird watching this with you. And so that's a, that's a warning sign, you know? Um, and as I was thinking about it, I'm like, did friends really influence society? Or did it just reflect it? And in my own, so I started thinking back, you know, in my high school days, which was in the 80s, we were, we were having sex too. And, and um, you know, before marriage, then you think back to the 60s and 70s and, you know, uh, make love, not war and the whole sexual revolution thing. And I've, I've spoken to some old timers who said that the roaring 20s was crazy. Um, so premarital sex is, is, is a long accepted almost norm. And there's very little difference, if any, between Christians and non-Christians in this aspect. And it just doesn't have to be. In fact, what I've found is that following God's word on the sex thing is a game changer in today's society. It makes dating even better. And you have a choice. You can make an impact or you can blend in. You're only going to make an impact if you stand out and be different. So let's dive into this sex thing and, and, and talk about What's God's plan, okay? So who created sex? God, right? God created sex. In Genesis 1, very, very beginning, first chapter of the whole book, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Note that. Let us make man in our image. Now, um, only God can create, right? So when he says, let us make man, he's not talking about the angels. He's talking about the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. So right there in the very beginning, you see that Jesus was there. Um, God, the Holy Spirit, were all there, all in one. So let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and every living thing. We're made in God's image, man. Whew. Wrap your arms around that one. Um, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. So, you know, be fruitful and multiply. The only way the human race procreates is uh, sex, um, intercourse. 
penis into the vagina, okay? It's God's design. It's pretty simple, okay? That is what God's talking about when he's talking about sex, okay? And, and Jesus affirms that in Matthew. If we go to Matthew 19, verse 4 through 6, it says, Have you not read, this is Jesus, Jesus answered and said, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? Now he's referencing what I just read out of Genesis. And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has put together, let no man separate. So that's God's design for them to become one flesh. And no, kissing isn't, isn't what they're talking about here. It's back to that original procreation thing. It's about the intercourse. It's something special. It's more than just holding hands. It's something bigger than that. And it is God's design. And yet very few people wait until they're married to have sex. And yet it's the optimal design. My, uh, my friend Jack Wolf in his excellent podcast, Beyond the Shire, made a car manual analogy that I'm going to borrow. He said that, uh, and everyone who's bought a car, you've got that manual in the glove compartment, right? The maker of the car, the creator of the car has a manual, and he tells you everything about the car, how best to care for it, what fuel to use, etc. If you follow the manual, the car runs better and longer. God is our maker. Okay, we just read that, First Genesis. Um, God is our maker. The Bible is the manual. The Bible is our manual, and our lives run better and longer if we follow the manual. Even if it's countercultural to the world, it works better if we follow the manual. So let me explain from my own experience, because I'm uniquely positioned to discuss this. You see, the pastor who's been married for 40 years, he doesn't know what it's like to be single today, Um, but I do. I'm divorced, and at age 55, I'm single. So from experience, I can talk about Staying celibate until marriage works better in today's environment from firsthand experience, okay? Now, no one, no one does it. People tell me all the time, I don't know anyone who thinks like that, but, but I'm telling you it works. From the very first time I go on a date with a girl, I let them know uh, that I don't believe in sex before marriage. Um, and I've not seen that stop anybody, okay? It, it, it doesn't lead them to not want to go on a second date. Um, It never hinders a second date. If we don't get along, that may hinder a second date, but it's never hindered because I've made it very clear up front where I stand. You don't have to sleep with someone you like to get them to have a second date. It's just not true. It may be what you've been sold, but it's just not true. When you have sex, when you make love, the intercourse that we're talking about here, you leave a piece of yourself with that other person, no matter how hard you try to be unfazed. It clouds your judgment. Usually within a few dates, you do get a feel for whether a person is right or not. And if you haven't had sex, but if you've had sex, now it gets all cloudy. It's like pouring diesel fuel into a car, uh, an unleaded car, uh, back to that car analogy. Okay. Sex clogs up the objectivity. So if it doesn't stop additional dates and it makes you more clear in your decision-making, which ultimately most people date to hopefully one day find the right one. So if it's making you more clear in your decision-making, it doesn't stop there. It makes breaking up easier, okay? When I've had to uh, break up with a girl, uh, we can stay friends because we haven't slept together. Um, one, one, One person who's become a really good friend of mine will actually call me up and talk about the guys that she's dating. Now, if we had slept together on the couple dates that we went on, that would have never happened. 
So no sex until marriage makes the process better. It, from the beginning to the end of it, of a relationship, it makes the process better, but it also eliminates all the negative. You don't get STDs. There's no unwanted pregnancies. If everyone followed God's design, there wouldn't even be an abortion battle because every baby would be the uh, fruit of a blessed union of a married couple. Okay. There's no emotional games. It won't be as devastating. Uh, I had a friend who, who fell in love with the guy and he was a Christian and she was a Christian and she, he, was, he was everything she thought she wanted. He was handsome and charming and he was a good man. He was a Christian and all this other stuff and she loved him and so they, they had sex and you know the, he flew her to exotic places and they they had this great thing and then she started beginning to talk the you know the uh marriage dynamic and he wanted none, none of that he just wanted to continue to have sex with her but not marry her and and so she broke it up with him because that's not what she was looking for but there was damage there right so i convinced her <laughs> the next time you go out with someone just date it up front man be celibate until married. Just try it, you know? And she, last week, went on her first date with a guy, and, and they've got a second date scheduled for this week, and it went great. She texted me afterwards. She says, I can't believe it, you know? It, it, it works. There's no downside to the celibacy thing. None. There's zero downside. It's all upside. Father knows best. It works better when we follow the manual as Christians. We should stick to the word. It just works better for us, and it works better for others. What do, we, what do we say all the time on this podcast? Love God, right? How, you, how do you love God? You obey him, okay? He gives us the manual, not to put strings on us, but to protect us. I, I, I have rules for my, my precious daughter to protect her, not to string her up. But I don't need her down in the middle of Atlanta at 1230 in, 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 in an evening. She doesn't need to be there. Nothing good's going to happen down there. So, so there's rules that I've got to protect her from bad things that can happen. And, and God lovingly gives us the manual here exactly what to do, and it protects us. And then we're supposed to love others, right? Treat others as we would want to be treated. And we're precious in his sight. Women, you're precious in his sight. You don't have to give yourself away just because you like the guy or the guy is demanding it and man you're not really honoring anyone if you're forcing a situation that that or pushing for a situation that doesn't have to be there and I've shared this before with some people and they go like well Brian you have to make sure you're sexually compatible it's just a lie sex is easy just tell each other what you like and then just do what each other likes it's easy it's it's Two, three days, you're going to have the knack of it. You're going <laughs> to, if you just do that, you're going to have the knack of it. And then you've got a whole lifetime. Who better to know the best ways to make love to you than, than the person who's with you all the time, if you're open and honest about it. We've got to believe what God says about us, that we're saints, that we're a new creation, okay? And if you're married and listening and you think this doesn't apply to you, I'm telling you it does. If you're married but you're watching porn. That's a form of cheating, okay? If you're in a relationship and, and you've got anger and you, you've got issues there, you, these are things that you're not following the book. So when you see an issue, when you get convicted on something, when you see that you're do, not doing something that is right or good, take it to the word. Go and find what God says, how God says we're supposed to handle those situations, and then handle them. It's, it's, living like, it's living by the word, living separated rather than living like the world. Uh, my son Joshua, he's 16. 
Same kid who was watching the Friends, actually, um, now that I think about it. The kids today in high school, um, they swear. They swear a lot. They use the F word like it's an adjective, and it's it's bad. Adults that have kids, they're not saying it around you. Maybe you catch them hearing it once in a while, but if you were to look at their stuff, if you were to hang out with them, you would see they, they it's it's just their language now. But my son Joshua won't swear. He refuses to swear. He's a, he's on the football team. He's in high school. He's in, He's 16 years old, so he's going into his junior year, and... He just won't swear. Now, he's not perfect. He's got other issues, but um, none of us are perfect, you know. He just won't swear. And and what happens is it's a difference maker. He's he's someone that other people now are not swearing around as much. People will will fall more into line and they'll follow even someone who dares to make a difference, okay? We're not going to make a difference if we're just like the world. If every Christian who really likes a person sleeps with that person, just like everyone in the rest of the world does, you're not separating yourself. If you're talking the way the rest of the world talks and, and living the re- way the rest of the world walks, you're not making a difference. We must step out and follow the manual. The Bible is countercultural to today's society. It does challenge people when we live that way. But we don't have to be judgy. We can just live it, and it'll be do its own conviction. We've got to be salt and light, be different, okay? Um, if you live differently, you let your actions do the talking, and, and you can be a game changer. Don't be a Facebook Christian, you know, the type that posts all these things, these nice little things in, uh, on Facebook and, you know, post all the little holier-than-thou, you know, uh, phrases, but then behind the scenes they're abusive and, and whatever the case may be. Don't be like that, okay? In Second Timothy Chapter 3, Paul writes a very convicting statement on the times. Um, He says, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Okay, that's America 2022. And people argue with me, oh, you know, it's been that way for a while. Maybe it has, but man, that is America 2022. Um, it's, all, it's all around us, okay? And that's not going to change. It's not going to change by us being judgmental, pointing out everybody else's flaws, when we ourselves have flaws, it's not going to change by us conforming and being just like the world so that we don't ruffle any feathers. It's not going to change unless we change. I hear all the time from Christians lamenting how the world's going to hell and everything's bad and and all this other stuff. And, you know, what are we going to do? Listen, I'm not the savior of the world. Jesus is the savior of the world. I'm just responsible for my little world. Each one of us is just responsible for our little world, our families, our friends, our businesses, our sphere of influence. That's what we've got to be responsible for and responsible to live and love those people the way we've been called as Christians. I'm not responsible for the other two billion Christians in this world. But if all two billions, all two billion Christians would just take care of their own little territory, change the world, okay? Um, 
and, and it starts with me and it starts with you. Life is better when we live by the manual. The celibacy thing is better. It yields better friendships, God-honoring relationships. Um, and it's that way in all areas of life. It's better by the book. Any area you're struggling in, just go to the book. Follow it, okay? Um, not only follow it. Be salt and light. Be difference makers. Not only will it allow you to make a difference, but it will allow you to have a better life, okay? Read that Bible. Let God instruct you personally. If you wake up and spend some time in the morning, God will guide you to what he wants you to do that day, who you're supposed to call, who you're supposed to do, whatever. He'll give you the clues, and then just live it out, okay? Just live it. Live it out. If my 16-year-old son can do it in peer pressure, high school teenage drama of 2022 and his 55-year-old dad can do it, you can do it. We can do it. Let's live as we're called. Love God. Love others. Have a great week. <laughs>